Hey, it's Cody. And Matt. And thanks for joining us for another episode of The The Coma Coma Cast. Cast. Matt, we're going to be diving into all things involving the LGBT community, including our own lives. And don't forget our cats. We don't want to forget them. The Coma Cast starts now. Podcasting from the Lone Star State in Southern California, you're listening to The Coma Podcast with Cody and Matt. Hey, everybody, and welcome to our Olympic show. Uh, we do these shows every Friday at five o'clock. Uh, normally, we ha- we talk about things that are happening in the news, but we're going to be talking about the Olympics because it is the uh, first week has now completed uh, of the Olympics. A lot has happened, uh, and so it'll be exciting to talk about that with all of you. And of course, um, if you I'm are just in having a hell of a time, sorry, Cody. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, if you're in one of the uh, platforms here just leave your uh comments or questions or thoughts uh in the comment section uh and we will conversate with each other so again whatever platform you're on if you just leave it in the comments we can see it uh and we will bring it up on the screen and talk about it but matt oh my goodness first week of olympics is done i've been watching it non-stop i have not been watching it non-stop because i don't have cable so i've kind of had to like catch up here and there and read the articles and you may notice i'm so let's talk about a few elephants or i'm wearing my glasses which i usually don't wear i just got new ones thanks for me parker but i realized i'm so used to putting them in and today i gave myself a break from my contacts and everything so normally i just wear my contacts during the day but I'm home from the gym i showered and sat down to do this and literally a minute before the timer went off i was like i really can't see what's going on like i'm my eyes don't hurt, so it's not that. So yeah, then I realized, oh my god, I'm not wearing my contacts and I can't see anything. So I did not have the lights or anything positioned for me to be wearing my glasses. So it's distracting the shit out of me here. <laughs> so I apologize. I might even get up and put my contact back in at some point. Well, that would be completely fine. I do love the glasses. They look very you cute. You like them? Thank you. I do love them. Let's play with the lights here a little bit. Oh my god, this is like painful it's uh that's the one thing uh you know i've learned uh with uh i had the background in tv and then you know doing all my stuff now on youtube stuff but all i've always worn glasses since i was small so the thing is you got to deal with lighting and there's like glares you can get non-glare screen so i've actually had glasses. glasses since i was seven or eight um and so i just didn't wear them because like throughout the uh you know, teenage years, I did wear them, but it was just miserable. And so I'm not, this is a totally different style than I'm used to, like completely. So it's really weird to kind of step into like, into them. And I feel like it completely changes my face and how yeah. I look. And not, not that that's a bad thing. And it's, it's fun to try a totally new look. It's just one of those, um, I haven't worn glasses with the correct, because we learned last year, about two years ago that my prescriptions have likely been semi off most of my life because we sit didn't know mm-hmm. and because i don't know you know when you can't see you don't know really what good vision is until you have it and then uh i told the doctor so she put in my vision and she's like oh you can see this i said yeah that's great so he um you know did it update and he goes this is he's like this is actually better than what you had i'm like oh oh what i didn't realize was i wasn't seeing fine detail Mm. you know so i didn't know yeah. what fine detail i thought i i thought i was 
you know, but and I now didn't. you're like, it's a whole new world. It is a whole new world. And, you know, when you put your glasses on, it kind of brings everything like it's like dragging a wall from a far away up to your face instantly. Whereas con- did you ever do you ever wear contacts? I've never worn contacts. So contacts, um, I feel like my vision is a little better with my glasses, but my vision with my contacts is more natural, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it feels like it flows, like the world flows a little easier. Whereas with glasses, one of my complaints was always, yes, I can see, but, you know, it's not perfect, obviously. I mean, looking straight ahead, it's beautiful. But your glasses, you're totally contingent on something catches you off guard knocks your glasses off you're you're totally blind for a couple seconds like yeah so yeah uh i i I, chris chris says he's in love with the glasses as well i I know right they're so cute i got them in the mail and i was like what do you think chris um yeah that's the one thing i've learned with like lights because you always get that glare on your lights depending on how it's set and then i didn't think about this until i had already bought the light but i bought a ring light and i was like oh my god yes my videos are going to be great no they're not no they're because not. if the ring light is in front of you you just see circles, yeah i'm actually gonna get but up no because... it tells you that <laughs> i'm gonna go put my... it takes me about 10 seconds to put my contacts in so i'm gonna go do that i can... okay. actually I could probably put them in here just chatting with you, but that usually grosses people out. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt's going to step away for a second and put some contacts in real quick. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, so I, I've learned how to set my lights for my glasses and it's always just like a fun to do. And even if you get that uh, non-glare on your glasses, it, you still have some glare with lights because just that's how it works. But um, I love my glasses. Uh, and um, Chris says... My Warby Parkers have all the coating so they don't reflect too much, but it's hard to position the light so you don't see the ring light. Yeah, so I quit using the ring light. I use it for like side lights or like an above light. Um, but now I use my LED lights and they have like um, diffusers on them and grids on them. Uh, and it it's a lot better. You don't really see, you just see like a light, but not not the actual light. You do see my light in front a little bit. But um, yeah, I do love them. That's one thing. Uh, I, I do Zenni Optical and they're pretty cheap. Some of them, you can get some for like 5 to $10 a pair of glasses. And the great thing about it is you can try different styles or different colors. And so that's one thing I've really started doing a little bit lately is trying to get different styles that I'm not used to or I've always been wary about or like really bright colors like yellow. I, mean, I have a pair of yellow glasses coming, uh, which I'm really excited about. Um, so. That's the one thing I love, you know, with Zenni Optical. It's not a big uh, use of money, you know, $5, $10 here to try something out. I did used to have a Warby Parker, like really bright uh, neon orange glasses. And I still have those. Thankfully, my prescription has not changed much in the last like 10, 15, 20 years. It's pretty much stayed exactly the same. Um, so I can just use all my glasses I've ever had. But yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah, no, Matt is back. Okay. Um, Huh. Matt, if you if anyone joined just now, Matt had to step away for a second. He put in yes. some context. We context. did get to see a preview of his glasses, and they were very cute. Yeah, I if will, you weren't I here, do like you wearing out. them. I do like wearing them. They um, and it was nice to not have to worry about my contacts. Uh, it just makes my face break out a little bit. But um, and um, Johnny Apollo with the Bring It On reference. Jonathan says, comes into the room performing a front handspring step out, round off, back handspring step out, round off, back handspring, full twisting layout. There, I've done sports. Oh, Jonathan. Yes. Where's this girl from? You should... Romania? 
Johnny, uh, we're going to give you the Comicast Gold Medal of the Day. Is that a um, thing? Yeah, I just made it up. It's a thing. Yeah. Well, we're millennials, so we have to have participation trophies. I, uh, I, I was arguing with uh, someone on uh, Facebook about uh, COVID, COVID stuff. And yes, um, well, let me just read it to you real quick. We're not oh. going to talk much about this stuff, but I, uh, real quick, I just must read this to you because it's so funny. I sent it to Matt last night or the day before. And um, I, I had said something about some facts, science facts, you know, and the lady replied, sorry, bud, I'm pretty sure I didn't mention anything to you political. I did mention CNN to you and you did that assuming thing. And sorry, again, you don't look old enough to be an immunologist unless you're another <laughs> Doogie Hauser. Oh, wait, you're probably not old enough to know Doogie Hauser. Uh, that's a compliment. Oh, my God. Right. But, Despite uh, the fact that we were very much alive with Doogie Howard. Right. I love that show. I was young, so I don't remember a lot of it, but I did remember when I was little. I loved it. Uh, she goes on to say, don't make it your ultimate goal every time the city posts something to troll down and correct everyone without your views. I have been going through and correcting everyone with scientific facts. Um, she says, no one needs it. And there are enough of your kind around anyway. You know, holier than thou, extreme Hollywood type. I like that one, too. Uh, with only one opinion. I can see how much you troll, as do most other people that don't agree with you. Truthfully, you have exactly no idea how I feel about any of it, and I'm not nearly as not nearly dumb as you think I am. Mm-hmm. That's a millennial characteristic that is very unbecoming. <laughs> I I think she was wanting it to like be all negative. I I took compliments on pretty much everything there, so I'm not I'm not sure what her problem My was, favorite is the boomer generation being mad at kids these days. I'm like, bitch, you raised us. Like, yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Chris says, uh, I put my contacts in in front of people at work and they get all freaked out. And I guess I'm just used to it since I've done it for so long. Yeah. Uh, I don't even. Yeah, I can't. The, I don't that's even my thing. So I can't the way put them I do in my it eye. Is I hold my eye open like this and I look left and I just gently set it on my eye. And then Ooh. once you've, you don't have to touch your eye, you just gently like, It'll it'll adhere for you. And then all yeah. you do is move your eye and literally look at your contact because it's fitted for your eye and it will just whoop, fit on. It yeah. doesn't hurt. It doesn't feel like anything. And you're done. You know, some I have a heart. Like of... Well, some people like get really stressed and they try to stick their whole finger in their eye because, you know, they don't want to miss. They don't want to, you know, they don't want it to fall off their finger. You don't need to do any of that. Just literally. And some people don't even actually they just open their eye. My eyes don't open that much so i have yeah. to actually hold my eye open but um, i i i've always had a problem doing stuff like that and um even doing my makeup sometimes it's like very hard when i do like my halloween makeup or special effects makeup i it's hard for me to do anything like that when um, i put eye drops in i don't put them i put them here and lean so it yes. runs down the corner of my eye yeah just i i don't know i'm such a we're it's fucking a adults be an adult and do it like you know like yep. there's certain things where it's like okay well, nobody's yeah. going to do it for you. And unfortunately, yes, it's not fun, but let's just get it over with. But I do like easy. Once yeah, once I, you know how to do it, it's literally seconds. Um, I do like people doing things for me, though. I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I do like people doing things for me. <laughs> Skim along. <laughs> so, um, so it's Olympics, everybody. Uh, so let's go ahead and look real quick. This is what is going on with the um, medals. 
the United States has 42, China 40. There's issues I have with this, but uh, the Russia Olympic Committee at 34 medals, China winning with the gold medals right now. Um, I don't know if the Russians should be competing right now. It is the ROC, if you're wondering. It's the Russia Olympic Committee. It's not the country of Russia because Russia is currently banned until next year uh, because of a state-sponsored doping program. There's been documentaries about it. They were basically doping everybody up and... They got caught. They denied it. And, well, uh, sports federations. So they were able to form the Russia Olympic Committee and send a delegation that way. Yeah. So it, the the idea, you know, is that Russian uh, sports um, athletes should not um, be punished for something that your state, your country was doing. And so this was a way in which you would allow athletes to participate um, I mean, I don't know. There, there's thoughts on it either way. Like, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. Um, but there we are. We're, we're winning the total medal race. Um, we've been doing really good, which I've been excited about. Um, I thought this one was interesting when we're talking about it because you never really, I guess, think about it. You're like, oh, someone wins a gold medal or whatever. But uh, countries pay for um, their athletes to have medals or if they win medals. Um, and so there's a payout list for, for those athletes. So like say in Singapore, you win a gold medal, you're going to get $737,000 here in the United States. If you get a gold medal, you're going to only get 37,500. Now, I think what's a little bit different about this is that, um, this is would be the United States Olympic Committee giving this money. This is not the United States of America giving this money. Um, many, many countries uh, have state-sponsored sports programs that send the athletes. Uh, the United States is one of those that is not like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like we should... I, I understand as the program, they don't have that much money to ultimately give to all these athletes because we do get a lot of medals. But... Um, I feel like the United States maybe should look into giving our athletes some money. <laughs> I do know that under Barack Obama that they um, had like a tax uh, a, a bill go forward in which the, the Olympians wouldn't be taxed uh, on their earnings from the Olympics. Uh, I believe if you had over a million dollars um in rewards then you may have to pay a tax of sorts but i don't know i guess thirty-seven thousand is good good money but you know a lot of these uh olympians don't have a lot of sponsored sponsored deals you well, know if you're just so they're not allowed to if they plant like a lot of olympians that want to go to college after they forfeit their ncaa um uh opportunity if they take a sponsorship and that doesn't even mean like so i think what some people might think is oh so they so for example um i think jordan weber good example so in 2012 she goes to the olympics and she decided to go pro and take sponsorships so it could be quite lucrative because you know for example their women's gymnastics their careers are very short compared to say somebody who works 40 years and retires their careers are done sometimes by the age of 20 to 22 so when she forfeited her NCAA uh, eligibility, that doesn't mean she has to go there and just pay for it herself. It means she cannot compete at the college level. 
she can com- continue to compete at the elite level, which is like, you know, our national teams going to the Olympics, et cetera, try to make trials to go to the Olympics and make another Olympic team. But once you say yes to a sponsor or an offer, your college eligibility is done. Now, a lot of Olympians also decide to, to not do that. You know, they might realize or think, hey, I might not be as, you know, I'm not a Simone Biles, you know, I'm not an Ali Raceman, you know, somebody who is pulling down, you know, like just meddling left and right, winning bags and bags of medals. You know, they're on the team. Yes, they are an elite athlete, but they might not be getting the same attention. So several of them do not do that. They say no to the sponsors. They go do the Olympics, win what they can and go home. And that makes them eligible, one, to compete at the school and two, to take the scholarships and they can continue their uh, careers at the college level for four or five more years. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's and there's been pushes to at least allow them to be compensated because so many um, young kids are having to make these decisions at 15 years old, at 16 years old. They might be the best in their sport. But, you know, Cody, you were a producer at 20. You hit a really high level professionally at 20 and 21 years old. Can you imagine having to make major financial decisions that have permanent actions on your life at 20? Yeah. Even at 20, when you're an actual adult living on your own in this in this position, you know, and you have the people around you, you just have to hope that they are healthy. Just because they're your parents doesn't mean they help you make healthy decisions. We have seen every yeah. every Olympics, we have seen a new person come out with, oh wow, you know, my parents literally allowed my coaches or told my coaches to treat me this way. And they said, do it. It's fine. It'll get them where they want to go. You know, we all, yeah. if, I mean, Dominique Moisiano dominated the late nineties with the whole story of how, how her life was playing out. And it was really uncomfortable. You know, like I had just gone through all these court battles and I remember watching it with my grandfather as he was explaining it to me. And that was one of my first realizations that, Oh wow, this happens to celebrities too. You know, and it's yeah. like worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, and also, you know, as far as compensation, you have to also think, you know, um, some, there's certain sports that you're, you're not ever going to get a sponsorship deal. Like take probably like uh, speed climbing or something of the sort like that or table yeah, tennis. No. You know, the likelihood of you getting that is not as high as some of these others, like your main sports. Of course, the main sports you're going to see on uh, prime time on NBC are the sports that uh, get a lot of buzz around them. Uh, Jonathan uh, says, out of curiosity, what does London UK get? Kind of wondering about Tom Daly's gold win now. Uh, okay, so the the UK does not give prize money out. So I guess at least America gives some, um, or the US Olympic Committee does give some. Uh, England does not give uh, prize money. They do give a stipend, an annual stipend to athletes that are participating in sports for the Olympics. Uh, so he does get a stipend each year. So that's a good thing. I mean, you don't even have to win uh, to get that. At least you're getting something to help with your um, your training and everything surrounding training. So that that actually might be a better deal than a prize money, you know, because then all the athletes get something to help them with their careers as opposed to a one-time thing if you get the three places in the medals. Um, someone who did get a medal, though, and I was so excited about this. It was like, it was not necessarily fully expected, but uh, U.S. gymnast Suni Lee won the Olympic gymnastics Holy all around. Crap, that was like that was exciting. Talk about! I was so happy up. for her. 
I am too. That is a huge, huge deal. And um, obviously, so um, Cody, give me one second because when uh, when I change screens, everything like shut down on me here. Um, uh, okay. There's something I wanted to say before we get into. Uh, okay. Because we didn't get a chance to talk much this week. Um, we're really excited. So while I'm doing this, let everybody know uh, Keith is happy and safe in our house and lives with us. And Kitty is doing really well here. He has a adorable tiger cat that's been hanging out with us. Um, I just want to make sure it's not touched on before I say something. Because, I mean, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, uh, we, I know you put it in here about Simone Biles. So it's kind of, um, I don't want to say the elephant in the room, but it's the thing that kind of made the news. So I think we should talk. Let's talk about Simone first. And then that okay. way we can talk about her teammates because, you know, like she has had quite a journey. And, you know, it's really uncomfortable is people taking swipes at her. And I'm like, she is literally the one of the best at one. She's the best gymna- gymnast in like all of history. Yeah, I mean, she is literally she made history before she even went to trials. You know, she was already history. And then watching people take swipes at her i'm like i i was winded running up the stairs yesterday I, yeah you know i mean it, it, if you're listening and you don't know exactly what happened you had not been paying attention uh she uh this was for the team event the finals uh in gymnastics and she uh dropped out of the team competition she performed a vault and then there was uh some discussion afterwards and she left the floor and then came back ultimately just dropping out uh and then the rest of her team joined in like they normally would um and so ultimately she talked about how uh it was something within her mind they call them the twists and stuff uh and being disconnected from you uh, and this is kind of explaining kind of what happened uh she uh, talked about it after uh the performance and then we'll talk more about the whole thing surrounding uh what what happened Sorry. No, um, no injury, thankfully. And that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured. So I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job, which they absolutely did. They're Olympic silver medalists now, and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in. Um, and it's been really stressful, this Olympic Games, I think, just as a whole, um, not having an audience. There are a lot of different variables going into it. It's been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process. It's been a long year. Um, so just a lot of different variables. And I think we're just a little bit too stressed out. Um, but we should be out here having fun. And sometimes that's not the case. And so that is, you know, what she said uh, after the event um, in which the team did go on to win the silver medal. But, uh, you know, it, it has been the talk of the Olympics, like you said. Um, That's why I just thought it'd be a good idea to talk about it first, because what the other her teammates did was absolutely amazing. Besides, they are all completely supporting each other. But uh, what happened was so going into um, the Olympics, you know, she was easily set to win five gold medals. So that would be all four event finals, team, and individual, which, you know, she cleaned house four years ago, or five years ago, I guess, at this point. So she was supposed to do a Yurchenko two and a half, and, you know, like, the height she gets in general is just 
insane. So she ended up doing a different one because she it's like a sense of spatial awareness, knowing where you are in the air, you know, kind of like if you're on the monkey bars, you're sway. If you close your eyes and swing across the monkey bars, you kind of have to just pray you stuck your hand straight, grab the right bar and keep swinging. Right. So yeah. think of it like that, but while twisting and flipping in the air and then trying to land on your feet, and not break your neck. So um, what other elite gymnasts were saying, and I read several of their statements was that her body basically just took over and landed her. So she ended up doing completely unintentionally a one and a half, a much simpler vault, which is why she got hammered on the score. But the fact that she landed and didn't injure herself is just, and landed on the mat. She like landed down and didn't hurt herself. Um, is completely amazing in itself. But the whole idea is that she talked about it, that leading up to, you know, in practice that it was coming on and she was missing landings and things like that. And she's talked about this has happened before. And other gymnasts have stated this has happened to them where it's called the twisties. And it sounds like the cutest little name, but really it's losing a sense of spatial awareness. Yeah, you just dis- disoriented. Right. And for a gymnast or a diver or somebody who's throwing themselves in, you know, doing these athletic skills, you know, it's one thing to lose track of. So when I play basketball, if you lose track of where the ball and your feet are, you'll hit the ball down on your foot and it will bounce back up and hit you in the jaw. If you mistime a throw, a one arm throw, which might look super easy, but in reality, you're looking to hit the, for example, I missed by two inches hit the bottom of the rim and the ball came back at me and hit me in the side of my jaw. I mean, clocked myself. It happened in about 1.2 seconds. So imagine a gymnast, an elite gymnast doing incredibly hard skills. And this isn't about feeling sad. This isn't, it's just, you know, it's kind of like vertigo hitting you out of nowhere. It just kind of happens. And by her realizing that, okay, this isn't safe. Once she could have cost her team totally cost them their medals and two she could have killed herself gymnasts have died from these things they have absolutely died they've broken their necks um you know sang lin yeah broke her neck in 1998 at the goodwill games um you know i think when people so people don't understand that this isn't about feeling sad you know yeah well i think when people think of all many sports uh they don't think that you can get injured to the level you are you can, right. you know, even like BMXing, uh, there has been some big injuries um, just yesterday. Um, and so the, the reason, you know, ultimately she decided not to go forward was that was a big one. You don't want to like if you're not in the right headspace to perform these, you know, basically stunts. Um, right. You don't need to go forward because it is a very dangerous situation that you could put yourself in. I mean, right. I think it is not uh, worth the, ruining the rest. This, these are life altering consequences. So. Yeah. Like if you're ever curious, just Google or YouTube um, athletic tragedies. Like it'll bring up in any sport somebody who recognized that. Oh, I shouldn't have done this someday. Um, I think it was yeah. a USSR gymnast that she had broken her leg performing a skill, and the doctor told her, "Yo, you need more time off." But her coach was like, "No, no, no, you're fine." And ultimately, she just didn't have the leg strength to power through a move, and yeah. she. Didn't land it, landed on her head, broke her neck, and she lived for from like 1980 to 2006, barely able to move. And for what? For nothing. And the yeah. move is now banned, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think um, 
Well, and, th- and that uh, real quick, that is one of the reasons uh, some of them do some very, very difficult things and that it, they didn't want to score them uh, to the level that they probably should have. Um, and that is kind of some of the reason they didn't want to have other Olympians trying some of these very extremely difficult things that most people are not able to do. Um, but I think overall, one of the big things coming out of this, you know, she's been a leader for Team USA overall. Uh, you know, obviously, we talk about how great she is in her sport. But um one of the big things I think coming out of this, <laughs> oh, kitty. Uh, uh, one of the big things I think coming out of this ultimately is that she is again standing up and uh, providing change within the sports. She did it for right. Team uh, Gymnastics, um, and I think she's doing it for the sports. You've had a lot of people come out ever since then. Um, this is something that's known in the sports world, but a lot of people don't talk about it. And you had like Michael Phelps coming out. You had other gymnasts coming out, and they all talk about this pressure that they're on uh, under. Uh, the extreme pressure that is put upon them many times by coaches that are supposed to be there taking care of them and helping them along, but they have this pressure put up on them um, to perform to a certain level and to perform to get a certain outcome that it does cause things like this. I actually was just, before all this happened, was watching on Apple TV uh, the show called Ted Lasso. Amazing show. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. But um it's about uh, uh, football in the UK, and there was this guy, and he was—he just could not uh, make goals anymore. He would just completely miss it. He just couldn't. And they brought in a sports therapist, and they talked him through, and ultimately, then he was able to uh, play again. But that it is a legit thing that goes on in sports, and I think you—we talk about it in just everyday life that we don't put a lot of attention on mental health and providing some. Uh, ability for people to speak about it, talk about it, and not feel uncomfortable about it. But I think that's the way it is in sports. And I think she's kind of now opened the door to allow people to do that. Um, you, I also saw someone talking about uh, like the whole Carrie Strug incident that happened in 96 in Atlanta. In right. Which, I saw uh, that reference she, too. Oh, well, she's so strong. She went up there. She ripped two ligaments. And then yeah. she didn't know she had torn two ligaments. Like it yeah. felt like a sprained ankle. And yes, she went and did it and that was great, but she made a choice to go do it. And that is not well, something to emulate. Yeah. And so, but this, this guy, he was watching it with his daughter and he watched it again. He was like, Oh, she shouldn't have done that. And again, I think in her case, it was the pressure to perform that was put on her by coaches. And, um, She's you know, it's not, it. you know, we shouldn't look at that like, Oh my God, yes, she did that. No, we should be mortified that she went and did that. Yeah. What you know, she we should not be worse. putting the pressure on them. What if to she do that? severely damaged her foot for the rest of her life? Most elite athletes suffer greatly in their, um, you know, twenties in their later twenties, 30. We're not saying at 65, their hip goes, I think Mary Lou Retton has had like four hip surgeries or something like that. She had had like a total hip replacement. She's not that old. You know, she was like yeah. 16 in 1984. So she'd be in her forties or fifties now, you know, um, I think it was Sean Johnson saying that when she dropped out of the, I think it was 2012 or something like that, they were the basically it came down to, do you want to do this or do you be able to walk when you're 30? You know, and yeah. you know, 30 that is not very old to be looking at knee and hip replacements and permanent back injury. So yeah. you know, I do remember the whole Carrie Strug thing. Of course, that makes the news, the Olympic moment, and but she talks about it in all of them, and I've always kind of thought that. Okay, you know, you maybe you thought it wasn't as bad as it was. And I'm sure the adrenaline, I can't even imagine the adrenaline you're feeling. Because I mean, I can't tell you how many times I played on, 
I played with in middle school with sprained ankles and stuff. But when it came game time, you're just so excited and you're so into it that and this is at a rec level, yeah. you know, you're just an well, excited 12 year old. So I can't yeah, imagine yeah. the Olympics with hundreds of thousands of screaming people knowing the whole world's watching. So yeah, adrenaline can get you through some crazy stuff, but you know, she, yeah, I mean, I, and you just see her just go down. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of that is a direct it is pr- directly put up on the coaches um, I, at the time. The Corollis were in charge. They did wonderful things for uh, Team USA and the way we uh, do things now. I think we still need to adapt things as we have seen uh, coming out. There's there's some talk with the coordinator coach of Team USA currently. And, you know, some he put a lot of pressure on Simone Biles. Uh, you had in also 96, uh, Dominique Mochani uh, hit her head on the balance beam and she was never checked out or anything. Um, and so another instance in where, you know, we got to put attention on this and mental health. Uh, uh, USA Gymnastics did release a statement uh, saying that they wholeheartedly support Simone's decision and applaud her bravery and pride prioritizing her well-being, applauding her courageous, uh, and showing why she is a role model for so many. Also, um, she, Simone Biles, took to Twitter to open about her feelings after withdrawing from the competition, uh, explaining she wants to make her body and mind a priority, and I think that's a great thing, which all leads to the thing that allowed Suni Lee to get that all-around gold medal, which was so, again, so exciting. Um, so Mon Biles obviously was going to be participating as well in that all around um, period of time. Uh, but it was just like an amazing moment when I, I saw that uh, her taking that gold medal. Um, she did say it was a surreal moment. Amazing. Uh, she feels like it could never have been there for her. It doesn't feel real life, she said. Um, she is the first Hmong American to compete at the Olympics and is now the women's gymnastics all-around champion. She does extend that United States 17-year winning streak in all competitions, uh, a dynasty that did seem in jeopardy earlier this week. But dang, 17 years also did have that winning streak for the United States. She did say afterwards, they asked her, which I thought was so funny. I thought I had the clip, but I don't. Um, what are you going to do after that? Or what are you, what are you going to do? What are your plans this evening or something like? And she was like, uh, you know, I want some pizza. I'm going to have to get some pizza. I've been craving pizza. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, yeah. Go. Go. That, go for her. I'm so happy. And also, not only did Simone step off, to the side, recognizing that, you know, maybe she's not in the best place. And the other, her teammates have been very open about like, oh my God. Cause I guess, so when this was happening, they watched it happen live. They watched it unfold and like all of their hearts stopped. And then, you know, she landed it and got up and uh, they were like, oh, sh- Simone Biles car- yeah. kind of carries the team. And, you know, the Russia comments about how, oh, if they didn't have Simone, we could wipe the floor with them. Well, while they did win in the team final, it was definitely not a clean sweep. Like they, they did win and winning is winning. Yeah. But yeah. Um, um, they, they had, uh, you know, talked about in, in practice that they, they had sent something was winning gold in the all around who saw that coming. Like that's yeah. And, and I have to say, you know, uh, it is a historic performance. Again, uh, she was the first Hmong American to compete and the highlighting of the difficulty in what she actually did uh, it was one of the most difficult, uh, uneven bar routines that can be done. And she, she did that 
accomplished it. Um, and so she stood on her own merits. It wasn't necessarily just that Simone Biles wasn't there. She brought it and right. deserved that gold medal. Like, wow, so happy for her. And I love that after since they've been on TikTok and, you know, interviews on the Today Show and different things like that. It's just so fun to see that. And Simone Biles, again, has been there supporting the team. And they were just having fun in the hallways at uh, the Olympic Village, Athletes right. Village, just having fun with her and the gold, the gold medal that she had won. Um, it was just super exciting uh, for that. But with Simone Biles, obviously, the talk of the Olympics, uh, obviously, people on Twitter talking about her Instagram. Uh, most people have been uh, positive about it overall, but there has been some negative uh, talk about it. You know, some people saying, oh, well, she shouldn't be a quitter. This is America. We don't quit. Yada, yada, whatever. We're not going to go into that necessarily. Okay. But um, uh, Michael Che. Text national who, test scores uh, against every other country. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Michael Che, uh, who is on SNL, um, has been called out for showing Simone Biles jokes. Um, he claims that he was hacked. Uh, now. Oh. Come on. <laughs> on Friday, Che jabbed at gymnast Simone Biles, who made headlines this week for bowing out of the Tokyo Olympics to prioritize her mental health. Uh, he said, man, I want to make fun of Simone Biles, the comedian wrote. Uh, I got like three uh, minutes of Simone Biles jokes in my head. I'm going to the cellar tonight to say them into a microphone. As the dorky kid says, I'm choosing violence. Uh but we're not going to talk about the the uh, post exactly what they supposedly were on his Instagram. Yeah, we're they not going to on air. Pretty, um, they basically uh, referenced uh, all the things that happened with Team USA and Team Gymnastics. Uh, and they were really bad. But he is now uh, facing backlash on social media. He still says that he was hacked. Uh, and his password was, he said, he said he changed his password, but then everything on his uh, Instagram page has now been wiped. Um, mm. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if that's, you know, I think. Unfortunately, uh, you kind of destroyed your credibility. And, you know, the problem is it's an it's an issue that is understood in the gymnastics world and the sports world, but not to somebody. The rest of us sitting out here just watching like, you know, I think everybody sees it as a spectator sport. And doesn't understand, you know, literally how much danger if your brain and mind disconnect, like you ever had vertigo, like just vertigo alone can make walking down the stairs terrifying, you know, let alone something like that, where you completely are not able to keep track of yourself. And she was saying what happened before it took a week or two to go away. So it's not usually something permanent. It just it just hits and passes. And, you know, there's been so much pressure and you know, a lot's happened and the road there has not been smooth for any of them, but no matter what, they're still silver medalists. And it's really interesting hearing people criticize that. I'm like, y'all probably weren't even picked for the volleyball team in middle school. And you're complaining about like young, these young women who are in another country and won a silver medal in after just, Another yeah. once in a lifetime event that has never happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, uh, thankfully, it's been it's been minor people, uh, a minor amount of people being negative about, about no, that. But people. again, you were right. Uh, yeah, minor people. Uh, Good for uh, With Michael Che, though, I, like I've never particularly cared for Michael Che. Uh, in the past, he's also made uh, uh, jokes that were viewed by many as transphobic. 
Um, Jonathan says, uh, I guess he was also hacked when he sat in front of a live camera and made anti-Semitic jokes on SNL. Che is an asshole through and through. Yep. Um, so I, I guess it'll be see, interesting to see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of pressure, obviously. And uh, if it is true that he did write these things, uh, the jokes were pretty bad. They're, they, I think they're worth probably being fired for. Um, if you obviously want to see them, they're on Twitter and you can check them out. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that was oh, crazy. And I just saw Johnny Apollo's. Yeah, no thanks on that. I saw that death in Final Destination 5. No thanks. Oh my gosh. That was like the most... Like, I thought it was going to be one of those scenes where it's like, okay, it's just just meant to scare the audience. And then at the very end of the scene, everything goes to hell. And I was like. Uh, And then Keith has joined. Keith says, hi, guys. Sorry, I'm late. I was engaged in the sport of gay Olympics shopping. Oh, what did you get? (laughs) Tell us what you got. Oh, my goodness. How exciting. Uh, I feel like we should have like some kind of thing. I feel like when we like hang out, me and Matt, uh, I should buy you an outfit. Or like you oh, that'd pick be so funny. Outfit, like we have to, we have to pick, pick out each other's outfit. like outfits and stuff. Well, so there has some been some things. I know we talked about the Olympics. Usually we kind of chat more ahead of time, but it's kind of this time it's kind of falling at the end. Um, so the, I picked up Starbucks today and they were out of venti cups. And I was like, oh, that's okay. You can like just toss it in a trench. I, I don't really care. She goes, oh, no, no, we're out of like the large cups. So I can put it in a garage. She's like, but I'll give you, I mean, she was like, I'll give you an extra shot. I'm like, oh my gosh, no. One, I won't sleep tonight. But two, it's really okay. And I felt bad because for how quickly she was like, I'll give you an extra shot. I'm like, I don't need anything where I'm really okay. Like, like how many times oh have you even yelled at? Like, I, uh, this. I go to a coffee shop out here and like, um, if you use this card, which is like their loyalty card, like on Wednesdays, you get like a free shot. I did it once. My little Never again. It is too much. I don't need that free shot. Uh, Johnny says, um, the retail relay. Nice. Yeah, I think yeah. that's good. Um, okay. So this happened yesterday. Like, whoa, what's going on? Not surprising, I guess. But uh, U.S. swimmer Ryan Murphy sparked a war of words over doping. After an Olympic final race, the storm broke out at the Tokyo Tokyo. Tokyo, Tokyo Aquatic Center, uh, when Ryan Murphy, he won the silver medal uh, in the 200 meter backstroke. He spoke out against sports doping problems and he said um, he was swimming in a race that was probably not clean. Now, this would have been admirable, ab, ab, admirable, I can't speak, it's the coffee, uh, uh, an honest thing to do. But the problem was that he had just lost to a Russian representing the Russian Olympic Committee, Evgeny Rilov, um, and the comments came across as kind of accusational against him. Uh, an hour later, uh, Rylov and Murphy were sitting alongside each other uh, doing a press conference. So after the uh, after you have a race or a competition, uh, you have everybody doing a press conference for the world press. Uh, it was a little bit frosty, though, because uh, Murphy was insisting that he wasn't accusing Rylov of anything and that Rylov was then, of course, had to stay on record in front of a room full of journalists that he is not doping. And this is what uh, swimmer Ryan Murphy had to say. That's, that's frustrating is that you, you can't answer that question with with 100 percent certainty. And, and I think over the years, that's uh, I mean, that's that's kind of come out. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I don't necessarily I can't answer that question. Like, I, I don't know if it was 100 percent clean. And and that's because of things that have happened over the past. <laughs> like awkward <laughs> and I, but he didn't that, come out and say the 
I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a, I mean, it can be, a, I can be a very literal person. And he's like, I'm not accusing him. And he's like, well, it's not me. Okay. Like, but everybody's going to draw on, this has been a very dramatic Olympics. So everything yeah, I, is a story. And yeah. Uh, uh, the Great Britain won third place. And before Ryloff came out and before Murphy came out, uh, the Great Britain uh, athlete was also talking about doping and swimming. And then, then Ryloff came out and then it was a little awkward. And then, because he didn't know that they were talking about doping. And then obviously Murphy uh, made his statement. Uh, I don't think he ever, he never explicitly called out Ryloff, but he never explicitly said it wasn't Ryloff. And my impression from the press conference was, that it was Rylov. Well, uh, essentially, I mean, the whole thing of like the Russian Olympic Committee. I mean, the, uh. so it it stems from the fact uh, at one of the uh, swimming uh, world finals, I believe, uh, someone he says in the know was saying that there was doping, and uh, he went on to say he really can't worry himself about that. He has to train for the Olympics. It's a very tough situation. He can't worry himself with the political nature of that because all these sports organizations are political in nature and he can't worry himself with trying to make them do the right thing. It is what it is. And then he just has to bring his best and do his best. It's unfortunate. He believes that there is doping in the situation. Uh, it does complicate the issue. Like you are saying that uh, Russians were, state-sponsored doping uh you know yeah. this wasn't just each organization's doing doping or each individual athlete doing doping this was this was the country of russia uh saying here do this and they had it's elaborate there's a documentary about it like it's an elaborate elaborate scheme and then obviously there's testing done for it and so obviously these athletes weren't testing positive but because of the elaborate nature of it. If you have a chance, go check out that documentary. I can't think of what where it's on, but it is a good one. And like, yeah, I, that is where the distrust comes. It is where well, the distrust comes. Johnny and I will say, says that was so Texan. Tokyo, Tokyo, I'm <laughs> Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo. Uh, Tokyo is kind of cute. Tokyo, I'm going to Tokyo. I want to. I want to go Texan to Tokyo does, so bad. Your Texan does come out. It's like really. It's really cute. We had. Um, I want to go to to tokyo so bad like i've always i've always wanted to go to japan but tokyo specifically um i just love uh the culture and everything about it and i think it'd be just like so fun so hopefully when covid is over ultimately or at least less than i don't want to say over but less than a bit um in the future uh maybe in the next five ten years i would like to go visit because it would be so fun i think um yeah but swimming so uh i did this little thing uh talking about uh how things are timed now matt you probably you know see in you know track and field gymnastics anything the logo omega that's on pretty much everything and you're like what is that and it's the timekeeper uh of the olympics their official timekeeper um and there's like a lot of technology behind this because you know, it's time down to the second or millisecond. So I put a little together something about what it is and how they time things at the Olympics. At the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, the countless hours of hard work from athletes around the world comes down to milli or even microseconds. And tasked with keeping that time is Omega. 
Now, if you have watched any Olympics, you probably have seen the logo and timekeeping equipment from Omega. They are not a newcomer to the Olympics and have pretty much been a fixture at every Olympics since 1932. At that time, the watchmaker, armed with its high-precision stopwatches, kept time to the nearest tenth of a second. The use of photoelectric cells at the Winter Games in St. Moritz and the Games in London, both in 1948, is considered to be the birthplace of modern timing. All that data has to be processed somewhere and very quickly. That's where the Omega timekeeping room comes into play. Here we are in Omega's timekeeping room at the swimming uh, complex in Tokyo. This is where all the information from the field of play are coming together, where all the results are judged, where the information are formatted and distributed worldwide to audiences. These days, high-tech timekeeping has come to the games, and even in the Olympics, new technology such as the Omega Quantum Timer is being deployed to better calculate the time with precision accuracy. This is the Omega's Quantum Timer, the heart of our system. It's capable to measure up to the one millionth of a second. However, in swimming, calibrated to the hundredth of a second according to the rules of the International Swimming Federation. The device has a main system and a backup system included in once and allows the timekeeper to switch, to switch from one to the other system in case of need. Over here, we're seeing the images of the high-speed video camera. Clearly, here on lane six, you would see a wrong takeover. The athletes on the block leaving too early and the team in that case would be disqualified. On the left side of the screen, you see the time running. So we would also use that system as a backup system, just in case. One place you may have seen Omega used prominently is during the swimming events where touch pads in the wall, starting blocks, and high speed cameras are used. This is the device that is used by the starters to launch the races. It's a two-in-one device. One button is the speaker button, it is connected to the loudspeakers in the starting blocks of each athlete, so the athletes would hear the start command at the same time. The other button is being used to start a race. So as soon as the starter presses that button, the clock starts to run. And it would go something like this. Set. Now you may think of Omega timekeeping products only in track and swimming. But even in sports like gymnastics, Omega technology is used. For example, gymnastics uses AI pose detection, which is used to review how accurately an athlete hits the middle of a mat or their overall technique. Every hundredth of a second is a make or break in the world of competitive sports. It's what determines winners and world records. So that's how they time the Olympics. I actually showed, I showed Justin this earlier and he was like, uh, are you working for a news organization again? I was like, I know it just comes out. My news reporting comes out. It cannot be stopped. Uh, I didn't know though, before I, I looked and was researching this, that it's used in gymnastics to like detect if someone is how perfect they are, where they land uh, exactly on the mat, if they're straight or not, you know? So I, I guess that's a good thing. We're not leaving it up to judges fully now because, you know, judges can be biased sometimes. It used to be really bad about judging in gymnastics or ice skating. It's another one where uh, you just got to hope that judges are truthful. Uh, Chris says, uh, can I please get an Omega watch? I have a tag watch, but I haven't worn it in years. Thanks to my cheap Apple watch, LOL. Uh, <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, I got distracted by the gymnast in that angle. Can you repeat all of that? It's the only video I could find of the gymnast. 
Like uh, that's the only video in the entire world that you could fit <laughs> into the video. It, Interesting. It, it's the only video I could legally use in a video. I could have, yeah, I could have grabbed any Olympic Aren't video. Are you a ooh. former gymnast? I am, but like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I guess I, I could, I guess I could have like used uh, my. We could do like a really video. fun video where it shows it being like really dramatic, you know, and but we'll just like Photoshop your face on it. I personally <laughs> like your videos. Like I know you go very news anchor, but to me it sounds very maybe because you know it's straight people that listen to the news. You know that were watching back then, but I hear a uh, very comforting nine hundred number. Not like I would call and you would say sexual things to me, but like maybe you would listen to my day and instruct me how to get that damn spot out of my shirt. You know, have you got <laughs> soda by soaking it gently for ten minutes. Take the two ends with your index fingers and rub them together. Maybe that's what I should do. Maybe I should start doing that. Uh, get some extra cash. For $9.99 a minute, I can tell you all about it. Yeah, for sure. $9.99 a minute. hear about Miss Cleo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris said hey, that was a great video. Those commercials. Those were amazing. Oh, I know. Right? Thank you, Chris. Cody does do amazing video work. We, I'm very, I'm very lucky to have to be partners with Cody in this project. <laughs> like, I am super fortunate. If it Thank was you. me editing, um, yeah, I would probably make like the earliest episodes of Scooby-Doo look really good. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like two stick figures, like <laughs> with me humming Twinkle Twinkle Little Star in the background or something. You could do it. I believe in you. You believe in me? Uh, I believe well, in thanks you. Thanks to the power of YouTube and Google and having sometimes knowing other people for a price. Um, you could, you know, maybe I could fake it till I make it. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing that is happening uh, at the Olympics um, because of COVID is the the Olympians aren't the medals not placed on the Olympians. Um, it's it's set out with a tray, and the Olympians have to get it off the tray. They also have to get their little bouquet of flowers, and they have to do it all themselves. But uh, some fun thing has come out out of this uh, at, at the Olympics this year because of that situation. Some of the athletes are giving each other a hand, taking turns helping each other don their medals. Oh. And it's unexpectedly created some real touching moments between teammates as their excitement for each other just shines through. The medal ceremony with its three-tiered podium has been an Olympic tradition since the 60s back in Rome. And now we've got a beautiful new tradition. So how yeah, sweet like is that? Yeah, very sweet. I actually kind of like that more than some random that's never interacted with them. You know, I do too. I love I, it because many of these Olympians uh, know each other within their sport because they compete each year at nationals, internationals and so on. So I, I think it's something that's really nice that it's, you know, it's their work friend and it's like, Yay, you got it. Because they're always usually, usually excited about um, another competitor getting it. Obviously, you would want the goal. That's the ultimate. But you're happy for your friends. I, I love it. I think that's so great. And obviously, there's also the tradition, you know, uh, at the end, everyone gets on the top podium and everyone takes a picture on the same level. And it's just like a lot of fun. Although... Tokyo Olympic Committee is like, do not do that. You're not allowed to do that. Everyone stay on their podium, obviously, for COVID protocols. Uh, and they now are allowing them to take off their mask for 60 seconds 
to take photos because no one wants a mask in their Olympic gold medal photo or or medal photos. Um, That all started because swimmers were just taking off their mask for the medal ceremony. Um, And so I think that's a good thing. Whatever. I I wouldn't want a a picture with a a mask. I understand the importance, but take your picture, put it back on. Uh, But I I hope they keep that. I I think we should. The one thing with COVID, there's a a lot of good things uh, that have come out uh, from it, you know, like work from home stuff and different things that have changed. I think this is another change that has occurred and it's something we had to force to do. But it's like, oh, this is a really good thing. Let's continue going forward with this because we don't need, you know, some random person, like you said, handing them the thing. I Chris says no one wants uh, COVID either, but yeah. Uh, so real quick, there's the swimmer we talked about, Matt, uh, who is actually, I didn't know it. He's literally from my area, the one that didn't have the COVID test or the vaccine, didn't have the COVID vaccine. Well, he swam yesterday um, and he was leading. And then in the last lap, um, he f- floundered and did not get a medal. And then afterwards, he went into the area where there's press and was not wearing a mask. And the press kept asking, why are you not wearing a mask? Everyone who's been in here has worn a mask. And he was like, well, after I get through swimming, it's hard for me to breathe. I'm just catching my breath. And it's not easy for me to breathe with a mask on. And my health is more important. Girl, your health is more important? No. That is, what about the health of all these other people? You're just a ridiculous jerk. And um, yeah, so uh, I'm glad he didn't win the medal. Uh, he didn't deserve that medal. Um, and so I'm just really sad that he's from this area. I, I don't accept him as we leave everybody just update. Let's see what's going on here. The United States at 42 medals, China at 40 Russia Olympic committee at 34. We have the most silver medals right now tied for the most bronze and China has the most gold. So the first week of the Olympics is complete. A lot of track and field things are starting up. And we'll finish out uh, individuals of gymnastics coming up. And uh, hopefully we can pop on to uh, live. We were I was hoping to this week, but it did not. It just didn't happen. So hoping to this coming week. And also we did release Crime Week episodes uh, for this week. So please check them out. They are we did release them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, So the way we do Crime Week is typically Cody and I chat and hang out and then um, it's just me talking about the crime. So as always, please listen. If you have any questions about it or comments, or even if you think I missed something, please let me know. Just send me a DM. I'm always happy to talk about it. It's open for discussion always. Um, so everybody, we thank you for joining us here today. Uh, and if you're listening to this later or watching this later, thank you again for coming back and watching it or listening. We appreciate it. And we'll be talking about Olympics coming up next Friday at five o'clock. Uh, maybe talking about Olympics sometime between now and then for a uh, sporadic live. But uh, again, we hope all of you have a great weekend um, in whatever you're doing and enjoying. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. So, hey, guys, we want to remind everyone um, that you can keep in touch with us on all of our social media channels, um, whether that is uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can do all of that at the ComaCast. And we definitely love to interact and hear from all of our listeners. All of this is not possible without you guys. And if you don't mind rating our podcast on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast uh, provider is, just leave a comment. It's greatly appreciated. And thank you for joining us. See you next time.